0: everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the post-game show following Bayern Munich's dramatic 2-1 victory over Arbe Leipzig in the Bundesliga. What a match it was, and not because it was that enthralling to watch, but just because Bayern Munich got back on the pitch for the first time after it was announced that Thomas Tuchel would be leaving the club at the end of the season, fans were eagerly awaiting to see what kind of effort Bayern Munich would put out. And let's be honest, it was choppy for the most part. It was a lot of uneven play. It didn't look good for the majority of the match. However, Bayern Munich did something which we have not always seen it do this season, which is claw back, stay in the fight, continue to persevere, and work to get a victory when it looked like they had no chance of doing that. So uh, I was very pleased with the amount of fight that I saw, the amount of how do you how do you even say it? Just not give upness. <laughs> I know that's a made-up word, but it really was impressive to see the fact that they stayed into the match and kept working their way into it when it did appear like a 1-1 draw was going to be the result. So like we always do on the post-game show when I host it, I'm going to go over the lineup. We'll talk about some of those decisions that Thomas Tuchel made and how they might have affected things. But we all knew it would be Manuel Neuer, and thankfully it was in between the sticks because he was incredible today. Bayern Munich could not have secured this victory without him. The center back combination offered a surprise. Eric Dyer started for Kim min Jae. Meanwhile, Matthijs De started the other center back spot. I had no problem with the center backs today on Arbe Leipzig's goal, which we'll talk about. I do realize that Eric Dyer got caught up a little bit, a little bit out of position, he looked like he was scrambling to decide who to cover. But that play initially, in my mind, started with a breakdown on the outside with Conrad Leimer. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. But either way, I, I liked what I saw out of the and Dyer. I know statistically they're probably not going to score well on some of the rating systems. But uh, listen, it really easily could have been a blank sheet. So uh, a clean sheet, I should say, as Neuer bl- could have blanked RV Leipzig. So I was uh, impressed with the center back's I'm eager to see what other people thought on that as well. At the outside back positions, we had the expected move of Yashua Kimmich back to right back. Given the dearth of options there, and how many injuries Bayern Munich is dealing with, Kimmich made the move. It was not all that smooth. He looked very rusty out there. Uh, I think he needs some work at right back. I don't think he'll be playing a ton of that moving forward, but at a time where Bayern Munich needed him, and where Germany might be using him this summer, Kimmich needs to refamiliarize himself with the position and he needs to get a comfort level built back up, which clearly was not there today. I'm not saying he was awful by any means, but he needed a different perspective in terms of you know what he was looking at on the field and clearly just was not comfortable with where he was at. On the other side, we had Rafael Guerrero, who I thought was pretty good today. I thought he made some good runs up the pitch. Uh, did make a couple of decisions that left his center backs uh, hung out to dry a little bit, but overall I thought Guerrero was good. thought he played a little more conservatively, obviously than Alfonso Davies would, but definitely had some good moments and any of the bad moments that he did have, he made up for. So was pleased with that effort in the midfield. I thought we saw surprisingly good performance. Uh, Leon Goretzka, I thought was very good. Uh, I thought Alexander Pavlovich was also pretty good. Now, You could talk about a lot of things with these two, but I thought they were very steady. Uh, We saw Pavlovich continue to show that he is just so calm and so confident on the ball. We saw Goretzka play a lot of different roles within the match. Sometimes he was up the pitch. Other times he sat back deeper. It's a lot of the versatility that I think Bayern Munich envisioned when they had Goretzka for that number eight role with him being able to fill so many different facets within a game. And for as much as people want to slam him, again, he is an example of a player who has persevered this season and has really pushed through and I think, in my mind, had a very good season overall, even if he has had a couple of off games here and there. Uh, The attack, well, this is where the problems have been and where they were today. Uh, We saw Leroy Sané and Jamal Musiala on the wings, Thomas Muller at the 10, and Harry Kane, the star of the game, at striker. Leroy Sané... uh, This is one of those things with Zane. He is absolutely tired. He's beat up. He's slumping big time. His confidence level is low. He made some great runs today, but his touch betrayed him. His lack of ability and confidence in using his right foot has betrayed him. He needs a reboot. And for weeks and weeks and weeks, I've been sitting here saying, rest Zane, rest him. And He did get a little bit of a respite last week, but... I'll be honest, he looks like a beaten man right now and he needs more than just rest. He he needs a full recharge and a reboot. If I'm Thomas Tuchel, I'm probably considering benching Zane for a game or two just to let the guy clear his head, let him get physically right. There is definitely something going on with him at this point. He was visibly frustrated today. It looks like he lost, it looked like he lost his focus several times drawing the ire and frustration of teammates. It was not a, not a good showing for Leroy Zane at all. Jamal Musiala struggled at times as well, but again, I think putting him out on the wing allowed him to get into some advantageous positions. In fact, his play led to Harry Kane's first goal was not an assist. I don't know what officially was credited, but, uh, Javier, Xavier Schlager actually kicked the ball off of Musiala's foot to Kane. So, Uh, was really not an assist, but Musiala's playmaking ability and the threat of what he could do was really what opened up that play from the get-go. So I thought it was an improved effort from Musiala, even though it was not his, what I would say, strongest showing. Thomas Muller I thought was pretty good, although he had one boneheaded play that nearly cost Byron dearly. Manuel Neuer bailed him out big time. Second half, uh, Thomas Muller, who was having a, a really strong game, Tried a cross field pass that got picked off. It was not hit hard enough. It was a really bad idea to begin with. Arbe Leipzig sprung on the break at a eventually ended up on the foot of Benjamin Sheshko, who was stopped by Neuer with an amazing save. Sheshko was stopped twice in a span of about three or four minutes there on golden opportunities. He would eventually break through for Leipzig's goal, but. He will be having nightmares about Manuel Neuer and the chances that he had. He is really going to regret some of those looks. So uh, Muller, if not for that one boneheaded play, I would have said was was really, really good. But in the end, just a good effort from him as as that play really could have turned the tide of things. If Sheshko was able to beat Neuer, which, quite frankly, he should have. As for Kane, he did score both of Byron's goals. So what can you say Uh, when he's in the box and he's leading the break from the top of the formation Bayern Munich looks 10 times better when he is more centralized sitting a little deeper and looking to facilitate the players like Zane and Musiala the team's not as good and for whatever reason Bayern Munich has struggled to accept this fact all season and uh it has not led to the type of attacking prowess I think we've all been looking for. But today, Kane came up big twice. This is why they pay him the big bucks. This is why I've been screaming all season to get him into the box, get him in front of the break so he can make plays, and that's exactly what he did. Harry Kane, what can you say about him? Just a great, great goal scorer. What we will do now is look at how it all shook out. You got a lot of my takes on how things went, especially looking through that lineup, but how the game progressed was... It was very interesting because, as I said very early in the match, it was clear that Bayern Munich was not right, I would say. And what I mean by not right is they looked disjointed. They looked choppy. The attack was totally out of sync. Uh, It looked like defending-wise, because of all the movement that they had, I mean, this was a situation where with Kimmich playing right back for the first time in a long time, Guerrero playing left back, and the Lichten Dyer in in the central positions. It looked like they were all struggling with their communication, struggling to get on the same page. And while nothing was being given up that was especially harmful, it just took a little bit before they really started to round in the shape. And I thought eventually defensively, they did a very, very good job. And I didn't have a problem with anything that they looked like on the back line in terms of defending in front of Manuel Neuer. There was a breakdown that led to the Arbe Leipzig goal, but, for the most part, that was a very strong effort. I think most of the problems lied with how Kimmich was working and functioning and the build-up as a right back. It just did not seem as if he was comfortable at all, which we spoke about earlier. So we went through a first half that was up and down, very choppy, and there was not much good you could say about it. It's not that Bayern Munich was bad. They just weren't that good. And I think when we all think about Bayern Munich and the attacking prowess that they have, you expect them to look a certain way, to have a certain edge, to have a certain swagger. And it looked like they were just grasping at things and guessing and and not really having a great idea of what to do and how to attack this Leipzig squad. But it's not something that's been uncommon, and that's where I think a lot of us have been struggling in watching this team. They just don't look like a Bayern Munich team. There's a lot missing, and I think that edge, that mentality, and that swagger is the biggest part of it can talk about all the tactical reasons you can talk about players slumping players in and out of form but collectively they don't have that confidence in that nasty side I think that determination to to not just initiate a play but finish it and it was really why one of the more refreshing things in the match was that Kane was able to break through an extra time to get that game winner because it showed there's still something there And, you know, if, is that something enough to get them back in the league title race? I don't know. Would that something be unlocked if Tuchel were to walk away right now and an interim coach were to come in? Maybe, maybe there's a little bit of resentment there from the players toward the coach. I don't know. I mean, personally, I think it's not a very, I would say good situation, for the players to be operating under a lame duck coach, especially when there's so much friction between the two sides. But either way, Byron has to persevere, has to move forward, and they would in the second half. Uh, we did see Byron Munich at that first goal in the 56th minute from Harry Kane. Now, the site I'm looking at has Jamal Musiala credited with an assist, but, I mean, you're hard-pressed to say that, that Musiala made that pass. I mean, really, every camera angle that I saw – showed that Xavier Schlager kicked that ball off of Musiala's foot, and Kane just happened to be in the right place at the right time and then had a terrific finish, Uh, which, you know, listen, Kane, he can do that, and he probably could have had a couple of opportunities earlier. One was a header, another was a bicycle kick uh, That Uh, that, you know, on a different day, he probably scores. But in this match, it took him until the 56th minute, and a very fortuitous bounce, I would say, over to him off of that, attempted clearance by Schlager we did see uh some substitutes in the 65th minute we saw Matisse tell come in for Leroy Zanet we saw Conrad Limer come in for Thomas Muller and of course that was just minutes after Muller had that boneheaded play and I am sure that Muller himself would admit that it was not a good play that it was uh really (laughs) something he probably should have never done but listen the one thing you can say about it is it showed again how good Manuel Neuer is at his age to come up and make that play on Sheshko, who is one of is widely regarded as one of the top young strikers in Europe. Sheshko has a lot to learn. He has a lot of improvements to make in his game. Two years from now, he probably bangs home at least two of those three opportunities that he had. But right now, he, he is still in a rough form, and Neuer was good enough to take that opportunity away from him. Huge credit to Neuer in my mind, it's been very tough to to really discern who was better, Neuer or Kane. I think when you look consistently throughout the game, Neuer was better, but Kane had the bigger moments uh, in the end because he had that game-winner in extra time. So uh, we- <laughs> RB Leipzig, though, eventually, as we talked about earlier, did come through and score a game-tying goal in the 70th minute. It looked like a breakdown in spacing and coverage with Conrad Leimer, which then led to Eric Dyer being in scramble mode, not knowing who to cover. And eventually, the ball got over to Sheshko, who took a shot. It looked like he was trying to go near post, but it, diving Goretzka tried to slide, kick the ball away, and it did not happen, unfortunately. The deflection went into the net from Goretzka. Uh, Again, the official scorer gave it to Sheshko, but it easily could have been an own goal in my mind off of Goretzka if it did indeed hit him, which it looked like it did. Every angle I had looked like it did deflect off of him. So uh, Sheshko got his goal, but it would not be enough, as we would find out later on. Uh, In the 81st minute, Kim Min-J came in for Alexander Pavlovich, who, again, another strong showing from him. I thought he did some really good things. His composure on the ball being the biggest and best thing that he brings to the table at this point. Did get a yellow card, uh, which was unfortunate. Didn't probably need to happen that way. But uh, Pavlovich, another strong showing. I think this kid is getting more and more confident every time he goes out there at least I didn't see too much of a problem with tracking defenders running in, which was a problem for him previously. So maybe he's made some improvements there, but it's obviously something we're going to continue to look at when he plays in the 84th minute, Eric Maxim Chupo Moting came in for Jamal Musiala. And this would indeed be a very key substitution because in the first minute of extra time, Eric Dyer played a ball over the top on the left side to Chupo Moting, who, Man, when I first saw it, I thought he was off, but somehow he stayed on or was maybe a hair offside, whatever you believe nothing was called Chupo by the camera, I guess, made the perfect run and perfect play on it because he was able to get the ball over to Kane, who just buried the shot in extra time, made it a 2-1 match. Arbe Leipzig had no answer from that point forward because quite simply, they did not have a lot of time. So absolutely great finish for Bayern Munich and what can you say about the way that the team battled we'll talk about that in a second but we're going to take a quick break and we will give you the final breakdown on what our thoughts were on this match and why it could be a sign of good things to come for Bayern Munich hang with us we'll be right back hey everybody welcome back to the post game show this is Chuck Smith for BFW bringing it to you We have absolutely seen some good things out of Bayern Munich. And a lot of them, quite frankly, didn't have to do with their execution on the pitch. Bayern Munich was able to pull out the victory simply by using their focus and intensity to really be able to capture the three points. Bayern Munich had some troubles. I mean, this was not a banner effort by any means for the Bavarians. It was a very choppy first half. It was uneven. The attack just could not get in sync. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Leroy Zane being pretty much cooked this season was a was a big problem <laughs> today. I think he's just out there in terms of mentality and how he feels physically. There's a lot going on. And I'm certainly not going to sit here and make excuses for him. Uh, even going back to the, the year-and-a-half-long pursuit, I was not much of a believer that Zane was going to be this perfect fit for Bayern like many people thought he was. I would never in a million years deny his talent or that he could produce for Bayern Munich. But there was always, to me, something missing to him. And it was not like I was the only one saying it. There were plenty of people that said that. But listen, for the most part in this season, he had proven me wrong and proven many other people wrong because he was one of the most dominant players on earth. Unfortunately, now he is scuffling so poorly, you really can't look at that player back in the Hinrunda and say that this is going to be a player who is going to be able to find his form once again he uh he's struggling and he, he needs some downtime whether or not he can do that that remains to be seen but it's as long as Thomas Tuchel's calling the shots it looks like Zane is going to get his number called so what can we take out of this aside of Zane needing some rest well we can take out of it that Tuchel might be listening to some people around him for once. He did get Kim and jay out of the starting 11. And it really, listen, it doesn't have as much to do with Kim and jay and how he's performed. I haven't been as high on him as some, some others. I think he's been good, not great. But he's beat up and he has taken so much damage and put on so many miles this season. To continue to roll him out there like Tuchel has was mind-blowing to me you could tell that this was a situation where the guy was spent. And one of the biggest problems I had with Tuchel is identifying these moments when players are beat up, whether it's Benzane, Musiala, Kimmich, Kim J, Dio Upamakano, whoever you want to say, even Alfonso Davies, the guy that can seemingly run forever. He was cooked a little bit in the earlier part of the season. These guys have a heavy international schedule. They have a heavy league schedule. They have a heavy European schedule eventually you wear down. And I think one of the biggest issues has been Tuchel not being able to identify that and not being able to work around that and give guys the necessary rest. Instead, he kept people like Matthias DeLicht and Thomas Muller on the bench for most of the season. And what I can say about those two guys is inevitably they, they are two players who really shouldn't be motivated to play under this coach. The coach, made life miserable for them but if you saw any of the footage from the game you could see that Delict was totally engaged and working to communicate and I thought really did well on the back line and Muller you would never know the guy spent half of the season on the bench aside of that one play that we talked about a couple of times already Muller was really good on the field but it was how he was interacting with Tuchel on the bench that tells you no matter what you can say about Muller he has kept the club's interest at the forefront and in front of his own personal interests for the majority of the season. And when young players come through Bayern Munich and they come through the academy, they should be looking at how he's handled this. The guy has been disrespected, misused, and he kept focused, he kept at it, he kept pushing forward. And even now, when he could be saying, I told you so, to a coach that wouldn't play him, he's trying to keep the team motivated, whether it's with quotes like he made a couple of weeks back after the game, When he was talking about players accepting responsibility or it's just his actions on the sideline like we saw today after he was subbed out, Thomas Muller has been that player for Bayern Munich. He continues to be that kind of player for Bayern Munich, and he'll remain a key figure until the day he retires, which by all accounts right now looks to be after next season. But moving forward, Bayern Munich has some interesting choices to make. I don't think this team is responding all that well to Tuchel. I Don't think, even with the result today, that it means like, well, Bayern Munich, they've made the right call by leaving Tuchel in charge and it'll all work out in the end. I don't think so. While each side of this, the players and the coaching staff, probably have some weight off of their shoulders, this is not a comfortable environment. There are players that have been misused and mistreated all season, and they're going to have some resentment. Yes, I expect them every game to be able to push through that and battle and fight because they have pride in themselves and they want to play for their teammates. But I think this could all be alleviated with any interim coach, anybody that just comes in and gives a fresh perspective and a fresh start to so many players that I think need it at this point. And I'm not even going to knock Tuchel for how things went today. Cause as I said, it was okay. It wasn't good enough though. I don't really have a problem with too much that Tuchel did, but I think that this specter that's just hanging over the team is creating so much distraction. And I don't think it's going to be a healthy exit for anyone because the minute things go poorly again on the pitch and chances are they will, it's going to turn into another round of finger pointing. I didn't like everything Tuchel had to say this his Friday press conferences. I think the players right now, at least at the time I'm recording this, they haven't addressed really too much about the change and what might, what things might look like moving forward. The bottom line is they're all under notice right now. They're all on notice, I should say. They're all going to be battling for their jobs and whether they want to remain with the club. And we'll find that out this summer. But one thing you can say is if you want to take a positive out of this, Bayern Munich showed that heart and that fight that we have not often seen this season. So it was a 2-1 victory. It was one that wasn't always the beautiful game, as many people like to call it. It was quite ugly at times, but Bayern Munich did push through. They did get the three points. Hopefully this can lead to some momentum building up and something brewing to make one last push at the Bundesliga and at the Champions League. It remains very doubtful for both, but it's better to have a chance than to just sit back and let things uh, slip away from you like it looked like Bayern was doing for weeks there. So That'll about wrap it up for the post-game show. If you can, check out all of our Hosts on the site will have the initial analysis, the match awards, the observations, and a ton of reactions to the result. Bayern Munich once again, downed Arbe Leipzig 2-1. Have a couple of beers on me. I hope you enjoyed this match. Have a fun rest of your weekend. And we will see you next time.